the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. a year makes no doubt about it the Jags just standing pat and that's okay I know perhaps you're a little disgruntled you want some activity right you want some news and I get it but uh, the case with this team is about re-signing their own whether they were draft picks or free agents and uh, obviously today they let one get away a former second-round pick in Juwan Taylor. He signs on with Kansas City, and that hurts a little bit considering, you know, the team he selected. Um, All of a sudden, you look around the NFL, you certainly look around the AFC, and there's not a lot of teams who right now are projected to have a better record and to perhaps go farther than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, Kansas City is one of those. And we all remember what happened, what, six weeks or whatever it was. Jacksonville made some mistakes late in the game. They had an opportunity to knock off Kansas City. You know, you have a huge drop pass by Christian Kirk. You have a fumble by Jamal Agnew. Can't happen. It cannot happen when you're in the divisional rounds Of the playoffs, overall, I think this was the right move, though. I'm happy about this one. Uh, Juwan Taylor, to me, really reeked of a guy up against it, playing in a contract year. It was his best football, all right? This man allowed a league-high 40 sacks from the time he was a freshman and or a rookie in 2019, 20, and 21. He played much better this past year, but I can't overlook the fact that it's a contract year. I just, I can't do it. All right. Now there's a lot of people out there who disagree with me. And as always, whether you agree, disagree, or you're somewhere in between, I'd uh, love to hear from you. Let's open up the text line tonight. It's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. That number six four one ten ten. You can also get me. My name is Rick Ballou on Twitter. That is Baloo1010XL. There's no way I'm giving this guy $20 million a year. Four years, $80 million, 60 of which is guaranteed. Now word out of Kansas City, it's been this way for the last couple of hours, all of a sudden he's going to replace Orlando Brown Jr. He's going to become the left tackle. So it's one thing to go from the right side to the left side, but now you're being compensated as one of the you know top tackles in the National Football League, and you have to learn a new position. He has been a right tackle throughout his career. As a matter of fact, we've heard about, uh, you know, Cam Robinson going to the right side. We've talked about is there a possibility that whoever won that battle between Taylor or Little that the loser could slide inside and become a guard, most notably a left guard, since they made the acquisition a year ago of Brandon Sheriff. But I can't ever remember a conversation where it was talked about where Juwan Taylor is going to be the left tackle. And reportedly, that's going to be his responsibility now protecting the league MVP 
a guy who's already won two Super Bowls and a guy who, you know, I think if you were to have a draft of current NFL players, he would far and away be the top selection in the draft. He is arguably the best player right now in professional football. And, you know, here I am thinking about Trevor Lawrence, who's 23. Trevor Lawrence will not be 24 until October, and I'm concerned about the tackle position here and the way it's been around here. Um, You know, the situation with Cam Robinson is not perfect. Is he going to respond and play well? I think there's many out there who believe that Walker Little uh, is a better left tackle and that he should play. Hey, it's the same deal here as it's going to be in Kansas City. Walker Little is very limited on the right side. He played 20 snaps, right? Now, all of a sudden, Jawan Taylor is going to take over at the left tackle position for Kansas City. So once again, that's the major story around here. Football-wise, of course, the legal tampering period will continue until 4 o'clock on Wednesday. That is when the NFL's league year officially does begin, and all of these contracts do become final at that particular time. Will anything happen for the Jaguars by then? My guess is outside of restructuring some current players, which I, I do not know that it is going to happen, but I think there's a, a, a pretty good opportunity that it could if you're looking at guys like Jamal Agnew, if you're looking at guys like Rayshon Jenkins. Um, the re-signing of Arden Key is, I believe, the biggest move that this team can now make, and my understanding is that there is a lot of interest in Arden Key. So, you know, flip a coin right now. Uh, obviously, Jacksonville's doing everything that they can, but it was a one-year gamble, and Arden Key bet on himself. He came over here and played one season for $4 million. What's he going to command on the open market as, you know, kind of a snap count guy, rush end, who had a lot of pressures, and if you compare them to snaps that he played – it was a pretty good grade with the understanding that he was in there during those situations. I saw a head-to-head comparison with him and, you know, Trayvon Walker and with him and Josh, uh, you know, Josh, excuse me, Josh Allen. But I'm like, wait a minute now. Come on. Walker and Allen are every down players. You, you can't accurately assess how they're getting at a quarterback when we know Arden Key when he's in the game, he's there to do one thing, and that's rush the quarterback. When Allen's in and when Walker's in, they have done a ton of different uh, responsibilities, and they're involved in really every asset of the game. Although I would like to see that change, and I think you would as well as a Jaguar fan. They did improve defensively by nearly six points a game this past year, and obviously taking away the football became something that absolutely improved going from nine takeaways in 2022 or make that nine takeaways in 2021 to 27 takeaways in 2022. There's a lot of things they have to fix. Obviously, that pass defense is uh, is a concern, and, and uh, that is something that we're going to be talking about here day after day after day. Can they find a veteran corner somewhere? Can you get a guy on the cheap? Um, probably not. Not at this point. Again, you have to let the market set. And I think Jacksonville with an offensive lineman or Jacksonville with a corner, 
would be better served to wait a little bit of time in order for for that to happen. I kind of I'd like to look back on when Darius Williamson was actually uh, signed here for the Jaguars. It, even Arden Key uh, to that extent, it wasn't a you know situation where they were marquee names early uh, during the free agency period. Uh, they seem to come about a little bit later on. And and sometimes you can, you know, I don't want to say that those players, those type of veterans uh, become desperate, but certainly after the draft, their value does go down. And, you know, for Darius Williams, that ended up being a, a really good signing. Darius Williams, to me, did some really impressive things when he moved from being inside as a slot guy to, to being on the outside uh, as a corner. Uh, right now, it doesn't look like they have a slot corner. You know, March we, 16th for Darius Williams. March 16th. And uh, so not too crazy from right now, but uh, day Arden after. Key was the one who it took a while, March 30th of last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Williams was a little bit uh, earlier than I remembered. Arden Key was about two-plus weeks in order for him to officially sign uh, the line here in Jacksonville. I mean, there's other things that they could do. They could say goodbye to Caleb on Chase on. That'd free up some money. They could say goodbye to Shaq Quarterman. That'd free up a million dollars. Um, do they have any belief in Jordan Smith, who, you know, can't get out of the hot tub, right? He spent two years in there. He was considered a project when Jacksonville got him. Um and, you know, an undersized guy that was selected because they thought there was a chance that, that maybe he could be someone that you could trust when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Still, you're looking at a guy right there who's never done it at this particular level. So it's going to be intriguing to see what the Jags do. I think for the most part, it's going to be what they do not do. And that has been the case so far today. But it seems like every 10 minutes that goes by, Something else rolls in, so we could be busy here over the next couple of hours. Certainly hope we are, not only with Jacksonville, but throughout the NFL as well. Calais Campbell cut today. All right, That's created a lot of um, uh, conversation here in Duval. What are you going to get at this point out of Calais Campbell? Now, I'd love to have him back. If you lose DeJuan Smoot, if you lose Arden Key, all right, you need some bodies. You're going to lose Adam Gotsis off that defensive line. You're going to lose Corey Peters off that defensive line. I know that Peters was strictly uh, a guy who was inside where Gotsis uh, could kind of move around that defensive line. At this particular point in his career, what can Calais Campbell give this defense? Can he give you 20 plays a Sunday? Can he give you 25 plays a Sunday? If that's what you're getting from him, all right. What's he worth? What's he worth on the open market for, for a guy who you're not looking at to give you 50 plus plays? You're slashing that in half. What is his going rate? And at this point in Calais Campbell's career, OK, I would believe that if he does want to play and all indications are that, in fact, that is the case. He's going to want to go somewhere where he believes he has a chance at a ring. Uh, And a lot of people think that Duval is a place 
where you can win a ring. Again, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm kind of giggling here saying that, just thinking about what it was like last year at this time. Last year at this time, they were already coming, right? All of a sudden, it's like Fatu Kasi is here. Sheriff is here. Aloha Khan is here. Um, Kirk is here. Zay Jones is here. Evan Engram is here. Heck, I even thought, you know, forgot about Darius Williams. It took him an extra day. Then all of a sudden he was here. But it was just one after another, an incredible amount of money. Jacksonville's not doing that this year. Now it's about re-signing their own and trying to, you know, do the very best that they can um, to, you know, come up with a 30, uh, a 53-man roster. You know what I think's lost in all this? And I mentioned it, yeah, I mentioned it probably two months ago. Uh, it, actually, that it, it would have had to have been after that because I, I really haven't talked too much about restructuring contracts until, you know, after the season ended. So, all right, maybe it was two months ago. It was the mid part of, uh, uh, of January. But what becomes very intriguing to me is let's, let me just pick a couple of guys. All right, I mentioned Shaq Quarterman. There's one player right there. Uh, let me give you two others. How about Daniel Thomas? I'm not going to make that mistake this year. I brag about him every year during training camp, and for one reason or another, he just doesn't get any snaps. Chris Claybrooks is kind of like Jacksonville's version of Jason Voorhees. It feels like every time he's done and he's gone, he just reappears for one reason or another. But my point with those two are this. I think you know what you're going to get out of Daniel Thomas and Chris Claybrooks, right? They're four core special teams guys. Claybrooks can help you in a pinch, maybe in dime coverage. Thomas can maybe help you in pinch if you got a couple of safeties who are down. But for the most part, they are special teamers. So here's where I'm at. When you're trying to get as much money as you can, let's say it's going to cost Arden Key, I don't know, $6 million to get him back, $7 million to get him back. Could he double his input from a year ago, $8 million? I, I don't know. I don't know what the market is right now. But when you look at Daniel Thomas and you look at Shaq Quarterman and you look at Chris Claybrooks, is it worth keeping those three on your roster because they're, they're good teammates they know what you're trying to do offensively and defensively. They are very good performers in what they do most, which is special teams, but they have a cap figure. Let's look at check. $1,133,000. Are you better off saying goodbye to him, eating a $123,000 dead cap figure, but then you bring back just over a million dollars that all of a sudden you can add uh, to your current, you know, salary cap uh, situation, which right now, according to OverTheCap.com, is exactly $6,939,000. Okay, well, now you're up, um, you know, to 7.9 if you were to bring him back. Same thing when you start to get to guys uh, like those two defensive backs that I just mentioned. Uh, I just lost them here. Hold on one second. All right, here we go. Chris Claybrooks. 
again, if you were to cut Chris, uh, Chris Claybrooks, your dead cap money is $25,000, but you recoup a million dollars. Daniel Thomas, your dead cap money is $79,279. Once again, you recoup just over a million dollars. So if you were to add up Shaq, Daniel Thomas, and Chris Claybrooks, okay, you're going to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of about $200,000 in dead cap money, but you bring in more than $3 million that can be used for another player or maybe a couple of other players and get undrafted rookies involved where you can play the, you know, you can pay the league minimum for guys who make it as undrafted or, you know, maybe there's a guy on the practice squad or two players on the practice squad that they believe are willing to make that jump. These are things at the bottom of the roster that I don't think we think about enough. But in my opinion, it really comes into play this year for this football team. So we'll see if moves like that, in fact, do happen. It's going to be curious uh, before the league year does begin, coming up in less than 48 hours. All right, we got a ton to do tonight. We're going to be with you till 8. So busy. What a weekend out at the players. Your first chance to get out there, the incomparable J.J. LaSalle. Did you enjoy it? I've been out there a few times, actually. I, I was oh, my first time first working time, out there. Yes, quote-unquote working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a blast. Great weather up until Friday. But uh, unfortunately, Sunday was kind of just like, eh. Scheffler kind of ran away with it. I, w- I was really hoping after the first couple holes that that guy, uh, Minwoo Lee, would, you know, make it interesting. But then on four, he kind of crumbled, and it was over from there. But, yeah, yeah a great time overall. Saturday was ridiculous out there. 75 players. You had 42 who shot in the 60s. Mm, oh, yeah. It 42 was, of the 75. Are you a guy who's like, that's too low of scoring for me? I hate that. Or are you, like, not annoyed at all by that? Um, No, I'm that guy. I, I would like to see the golf course be a little bit more difficult. Okay. As I've always said, my, my favorite players of all time was 1999 when, when David Duvall you know, was the only golfer in red figures. I, I think he won it two under. It might have been three. It was two or three under. But, you know, I, and I don't need a British – I don't need a British Open golf course all the time. But, yeah, I mean, seeing 42 of the 75 Madness. shoot in the 60s on a Saturday, um, I, I thought the – you know, I thought those involved with the decision-making caved a little bit after the rain that we got on Friday night and just how soft those greens were on Saturday. Now, others will disagree with me and say, no, I want to see the best players in the world. I want to see them with perfect golf conditions out there, and going low is what I enjoy. So it's a totally different school of thought. Now, I'll also tell you, I don't mind a 2-1 hockey game. I don't mind a 2-1 baseball game. Okay, so, you know, if we're going to compare sport to sport – I do understand that for most listeners, you disagree with that. You want to see a 38-31 football game, and you want to see a 10-8 baseball game, and you'd like to see these guys go very low on you know during four rounds at the players. So if you want to voice your opinion on that, you can as well. Uh, the number is 641-1010, brought to you by 
lifetime enclosures. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right, good thing I've got good eyes because I needed them this past week out there at the players. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to get out there, but trying to track that ball, as you know, can be difficult. Now, they are absolutely what it's all about when it comes to your eyes. For starters, Dr. Neil Schmunez, we're talking about more than 37 years worth of experience. Dr. Catherine Schmunez, fellowship trained in cornea, cataract surgery, all refractive surgery. If you're north of 50 and all of a sudden, you know, your eyes are doing this, your eyes are doing that, and you're thinking about cataract, and then all of a sudden you bring it up at the workplace, someone's going to say, oh, you're going to need cataract surgery. That may not be the case. They may have something for you that is a lot, you know, a, a, a lot easier going than just surgery. So one of the many reasons why you should make an appointment today at 299-2906. Obviously, surgery is something that they do and do often, all right? They did surgery on my right eye more than eight years ago. Combined, they have more than 30 years of experience with laser eye surgery, never having to deal with contacts, glasses, or readers again. Sounds pretty outstanding, right? It is. Give them a call, 299-2906. Set up an appointment today or go to schmunezvision.com. Care you can see it's good to have you with us going to be a blast this week no doubt about it one of the great weeks of the year in all of sports and it begins right here on this monday it's great to have you with us this is into the night The Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's going to be back in the studio after being out on the road all week long. Hey, we're back on the road for the NCAA College Basketball Tournament Thursday and Friday. I'll have all the details. First up will be Fleming Island and Mr. Chubby's. So we'll be out there 6 to 8, 16 games on Thursday, 16 games on Friday. we got some playing games coming up in a night. Um, so all of that's going to be really a lot of fun. This is truly one of the great months of the year uh, with the players, with the NFL free agency, now the NCAA college basketball tournament. And, you know, if if you're a uh, hockey fan like I am, hockey's been just phenomenal as of late. So it, it really is a good time. All right, we got breaking news. Former Jaguars, what do you have for us? JJ, the greatest blocking tight end in the history of football is no longer part of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chris Manhurts signed a two-year, $6 million deal with the Broncos, 3.3 guaranteed. Good for him. I like Chris Manhurts. Good man. Snap count went down. He just really didn't figure in uh, to what, you know, this this team is doing. Now, if they were going into obvious run uh, into an obvious run scenario, he is their best blocking tight end. Um, but I don't think that's the way they're thinking at, at this particular point. And, you know, all of a sudden, you look at the tight end situation, man. Dan Arnold's gone. Chris Manhurts is gone. You have Luke Farrell on your roster, and you have, an Ev- you know, you have Evan Ingram on a one-year contract. Will see if they're able to do anything there and extend him. You know what else blew me away today with all the former Jaguars who signed? How about Josh Oliver? 
10 getting mil. a three-year, $21 million deal with Minnesota. He gets $10,750,000 guaranteed. He, to this day, he is the most timid rookie I have ever seen on the Jaguars practice field. I mean, he didn't even deserve to be out there. And Mike Garofolo goes on to say, you ready for this? He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Remember when he got here, it was like, oh, he's going to be a he's going to be a makeshift uh, tight end. You know, you can't l- rely on him to do anything that involves physicality. And it just shows you that getting into the right system and doing the right thing, uh, you can change. All of a sudden, he's become a pretty good football player. While we're at it, Quincy Williams gets $18 million over three years in New York. Now, I hate being that guy. Well, I told you so. I told you so. But I, I really struggled with this one when he was cut. So there's two players that this franchise just absolutely threw away. And you can add, you know, Jay Tufele to that list. But Quincy Williams, they gave up on him. And, you know, I loved his, uh, I loved his attack. I loved his east to west speed. I, I thought that he was a, a very good young man as well. Uh, I think that there were some concerns about him as a thinking man's football player instead of just being able to trust his instincts. And at that particular time, he got kind of buried around here. I mean, you had the Joe Schoberts and the Miles Jacks and whatever, but they like him now. He goes over 100 tackles every year. He's going to make $6 million a year in New York. He did re-up there. The Jalen Ramsey trade is laughable. I mean, my goodness, Miami. You give up a third-round pick? Jalen Ramsey, for the 77th pick in the NFL draft, if you go back and look at it, I want to say, even though there were particulars involved because Jacksonville gave up a fifth-rounder, Jacksonville also acquired Dan Arnold, but I want to say that C.J. Henderson got Jacksonville like the 72nd pick or something like that. So for those of you scoring at home, Jacksonville got a better return on C.J. Henderson than L.A. got on Jalen Ramsey. How in the hell does that work? Unbelievable. And, and, you know, listen, L.A. is the team that gave up all their picks. They were going to make a run at Jalen. They were going to make a run at Matt Stafford. They were making runs at everyone. They're like, forget about the draft. We don't need the draft. Now, all of a sudden, you look at the Rams, and they're not even going to figure into this thing until 2024, 2025. Is it all worth it? The Rams took the kind of the, the Miami Marlins or back then the Florida Marlins approach, even though a lot of those Marlin players um, were their own draft picks. I've always wondered about this, and I've asked about it routinely, okay? Dean Smith, all those sweet 16s. Bobby Bowden, what, 14 straight top four finishes. Every year, Bobby Cox won the National League East, yet Toronto, excuse me, uh, Atlanta only won one World Series. Would you rather be the Atlanta Braves who win the East every year are going to go into the playoffs every year, and their downfall is going to be, hey, we don't have a closer so we're going to lose one World Series despite being in the playoffs every year. Then you can be down south in Florida. You win two World Series, but you're an absolute embarrassment 
the years in between. What would you rather be? That's what L.A. did. They sold their, you know, they literally sold their soul to the devil, and they won it. They won a Super Bowl. But look at them now. All of a sudden, they want draft picks, and they're in a complete rebuild. So uh, it's very interesting the way uh, that that has worked. Busy day for former Jaguar players. Again, the premier story of the afternoon is Juwan Taylor gets $60 million guaranteed. Wow. I just don't see that. Not at all. All right. We're going to get to you. A lot to uh, look back upon. Obviously, your thoughts on Taylor, I would uh, would like to – to get from you because I this is truly like one of those 50-50 scenarios. It, it, it's not too typical when listeners are about 50% whether you would have re-signed them or let them go, but that really appears to be the case here uh, with Juwan Taylor. And again, that that's rare for me. I, I, I believe that we can all agree on something now, okay? And if you don't agree with this, then let me be the first to tell you, you're making a mistake. The Jaguars have to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. Selection number 24, okay? Forget about the flirtation with any other position. I know they need another corner. I got that. I understand that their pass defense was one of the fifth worst in the NFL. Uh, To define this team in baseball terms, would be warning track power when it comes to getting to the quarterback. They were third in the NFL when it came to pressures, but they were what, 25th, 26th, 27th, something like that in the NFL when it came to overall sacks. Uh, I think they ended up with 35. They didn't get any in that game against Kansas City when they lost. So you can go back and forth. Does, is your secondary better with a pass rush? Is your secondary better simply by adding uh, better players. I've always been one of those that you can put Mel Blunt out there, Dick Night Train Lane, Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson. You could have those five back there. You know, let's take out Woodson, one of the Woodsons, and put him to safety. Let's add uh, Ronnie Lott, all right? Or let's add Ed Reed. I don't care. If you're not getting at the quarterback, these NFL offenses are going to pick you apart. So what is most important? And I know the collective answer is, well, give me both. Give me a rush end and give me a corner. I'm telling you right now, no and no and no and no. This league is about scoring. This league is about, can Jacksonville score 30 points a game? Jacksonville increased their offensive input in one year by 12 points. That's unheard of. The 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars averaged 14.9 points a game. What a total, absolute embarrassment, okay? Franchise low. Year two of Trevor Lawrence. Year one of Doug Peterson. The moves that Trent Bulky made. They improved their offense by 12 points a game. They went up to 26-9. Can you get it up now to 30? Can you improve it by 3.1 points a game? Can you score 30 a game? If this team scores 30 a game, they're a 12-5 and five team. They're a 13-4 team. So don't defense me here, defense me there. No, this league is about outscoring 
your opponents. How did Kansas City just win? Outscoring Philadelphia. What did Jacksonville do in the loss to Kansas City? Again, we know what they did. Hey, Baluda, they didn't get any sacks. All right, forget about that. What they didn't do was hang on to a ball and you got to catch. Christian Kirk dropped it. You can't drop it. Jamal Agnew dropped it inside the five-yard line. Fumble! Can't, can't do it. Two massive mistakes. Enormous mistakes. Honestly, in my opinion, unforgivable mistakes. You need to get better on offense. You need to draft the best offensive lineman who is available at number 24. Period. All right. When we get back, it's time for you. It's time for your thoughts. 641-1010 on the text line. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Look at this bad boy burning up. I mean, look at all this stuff. I got people ask me if I'm going to be drinking Jameson during my St. Patrick's Day party. Um, you know, I haven't done a lot of Jameson as of late. I, I have found myself with uh, with Moore Dew. Honestly, I think it... Um, it, uh, it, it, it it's crispier, okay? It's cleaner. It's um, it's got that little bit of a of of a humming sensation that that settles into your stomach, and after about ten seconds of digestion, you're like, oh man, that feels good, and that's what I really want in Irish whiskey, okay? Something that really starts clean, finishes crisp. And uh, that's what I have when it comes to telling more do. So I don't know about Jameson, unless you're buying. And I know I'm getting dropped off. There's no way I'm going to be asked to drive home after a show on St. Patrick's Day. Where are we on St. Patrick's Day? Are we out on... Um, it's Friday. Right. Perfect rack. Perfect rack. Thank you. Oh, my God. Now, wait, wait a minute. That's the other side our of the... Our intern uh, knows our schedule better than us. Our intern does? Yes. He was okay. the one who told me that. I am checking to make Perfect sure. Perfect rack. Isn't that over? That's like on the other side of the Fuller Warren, right? Murray Hill area, yes. We had our Christmas party there. I actually loved that place. You know what Murray Hill is to yes, me? Yes, Friday Perfect Rack. What is it? Iraq. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I was actually out there uh, in... Um, uh, what was it? Was it Friday night or was it Saturday night? It was oh. Saturday night after uh, the players. I went out to see Get the Lead Out. And in my head, it was 1977 oh. seeing the Led Zeppelin. How was that? Cover They're always outstanding. They really And, bro, the place was packed. I bet there was 12, like 12, 1,300 who were in attendance. Ran into my buddy Ralph, who's in charge of security out there. Always a real good guy. Took out the remedy lounge all right our good friends at remedy a nice little lounge area included uh with some restrooms so so we're um, located between riverside and avondale no idea okay okay no idea. there you go no no I, for I'll our leave, listeners who do know i'll leave three hours before the start <laughs> of the show somehow get there and uh and, and pull that off but that should be a lot of fun on saint patrick's day okay so that's where we are on friday six to eight Thursday, we are at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. So we're going to be out on the road for all of the games, both Thursday and Friday. All right, Chris Manhart's gone. Jawan Taylor, gone. Other Jaguars being moved from team 
to team. It looks like the Jaguars are going to do very little, which is okay at this point, uh, considering re-signing their own players all of a sudden has become the most important thing for this organization. I need to take a quick break. You are listening to Into the Night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, legal tampering going on around the NFL. We as Americans remain hostage to the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, Aaron needs a little bit of time. Apparently the four days he he spent in that outhouse or wherever it was um, wasn't enough. Man, I despise Roger Clemens when he did this. I remember being on in Houston and a guy like Carlos Beltran left because of it. And Clemens just couldn't decide, right? Certain people can't decide. Garth Brooks, Barbara Streisand, Roger Clemens. Now it's it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, anything outside of Green Bay to New York really doesn't make any sense anymore. I mean, look what happened today. Jimmy Garoppolo, he goes to Las Vegas. Uh, let's see, three years, $67.5 million, $34 million guaranteed. We had the mega deal with Derek Carr going to New Orleans. We had, you know, tag slapped. Uh, actually, it was an extension, a four-year extension for Daniel Jones, who obviously re-upped in New York. You see the odds on now are for C.J. Stroud to go number one to Carolina, not Bryce Young, a week ago at this time, Bryce Young was minus 240 to the dollar, meaning in order to win $100, you would have to lay $240 that Bryce Young was going to be the top pick in the draft. Ever since Chicago made that deal with Carolina, and now the Panthers selected number one, C.J. Stroud is minus $300 to the dollar, meaning you got to lay down 300 bucks in order to win 100 if C.J. Stroud goes one to Carolina, Bryce Young is plus 300. You think Bryce Young's going to be the top pick? You lay down $100 right now, you're going to win 300, okay? Uh, and for Anthony Richardson, it's, it's plus 450. So, pretty, uh, pretty surprised by that. Uh, what did you make of well, the— Well, first of all, I, I heard that they might even trade it again, Carolina. And it's funny that, like, all the talk out of the Combine was about Anthony Richardson. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, all the talk before that for the number one pick was about Bryce. And now it, it's C.J. Stroud anyway. C. Like, somebody that quietly, you know, went through the Combine. Not a lot said about him. Obviously showed out in the last game that we saw in the semifinal. Right. Um, so, Three yeah, the fourth I, I'm shocked by the fall off from Bryce Young. He didn't happened. throw yeah. He didn't measure. He didn't throw. And he's a little fella. And, you know, Stroud, Richardson, and Levis all through. And I, I, I don't know. It depends on how you feel. I, I've, I've never understood not, not wanting to throw. It seems very easy 
You know, you're, Trevor it's throw? something that you do all the time. I don't remember Trevor throwing at the combine. He definitely threw at his pro day. Oh, yeah. I remember, I mean, it, that Belichickian appearance that day by Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, that, yes. He, that, that was the crowning moment of Urban Meyer's career in Jacksonville. I mean, he looked like General Patton out there. And I remember at that particular time being, look at this. Look at Urban Meyer, man. He's running this Trevor Lawrence workout. This is going to be, and, and again, very, very few of you will admit to it now, and that's fine, okay? But, uh, I mean, that was probably one of his greatest moments <laughs> when looking at what he was doing. I was like, whoa. This guy's locked in. Oh, yeah. Trevor, by the way, did not throw at the combo. Yeah. So, will it hurt uh, Stroud when, uh, when it's all said and The done? thing that interests me the most in free agency today wasn't exactly happening with the players and stuff. It's more of the media. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like, Trey Wingo, who, if you don't know who that is, he's like ESPN. He's not a reporter. He's just like a, a analyst or a host. He's on one of those new TV networks. Show. He's no longer with ESPN. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like with, like, The Ringer. Or okay. he's like what like with one of those new kind of independent um you know, like the athletic or something. Okay. I, I'm not sure who he's well, with. Well, he's definitely not an analyst or a guy who breaks news. So he's the one who came out with the Rogers stuff, though. Mm-hmm. And so now everyone's like, well, we're not taking it serious until like Rappaport. I saw someone on Pro Football Talk say it's not official if Rappaport or, uh, or Schefter doesn't say it. It's like. None of this is official. It's 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 uh you know not official until Wednesday, right? And you get, all of this is you know uh, what's the period they call it? It's legal tampering. Legal tampering period. Which, by the way, obviously these deals have been in. I I've, I'm sure it goes back to the combine, but like 15 minutes after the legal tampering period goes into effect, there's deals going on left and right. Like I find it hard to believe that that's happening in 15 minutes. Yeah, it does make you wonder. I Can mean, we it just really get does. Rid of the whole tampering. I mean, who thing? would have thought years ago that they would actually allow a legal tampering period? And they and they it have. just got too much, and they had to just be like, "All right, we'll we'll let you do it." But today at noon, it was you know I had on the NFL Network as I always do, and the Bears got that linebacker like immediately. Right, and 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 you had they had four of them up there. They had the host. I can't think of his uh, Siciliano. Uh, the host, and then they had their three, you know, news breaking guys. Like, and they're Garofolo all and they're all on their phones. You got yeah. Rappaport, uh, Garofolo, and um, Greer, maybe. No, uh, 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 he was here for a couple of games. Um, Palisaro. Mm. Okay, so those three are working phones, and you know they're doing live on television segments. But when their phone rings. They can be in mid-sentence. No They're gonna way. Be like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I like that. They're like, I don't care what I'm saying or the miss is saying. You know, because Twitter I got an agent. is more important than right. TV. They're like, I got something coming in here from an agent or something coming in here from a player or whatever, and I'm going to take this uh, particular call. But <laughs> I enjoyed it today. I, it was, um, you know, it was different. But, yeah, it, it's so important to them. Now, do you to think, be the number one guy who breaks the story? And it just shows that like Twitter to them is more important than their actual show. And and I was talking to Taylor about this today. Somebody like Schefter or Rappaport, do you think he's got multiple people working for him? Like 
it just seems like it will be impossible for him to. He's tweeting stuff at two in the morning, you know. He like may I, have some bird dogs. I don't know if anyone has access to his overall his Twitter account. account. I don't know. You know, I I, I would love to find out. Yeah, it, like it, I just want to see a documentary on like a day in the life of one of those weirdos. Well, there's only a few. Yes, and. You know, unfortunately, we're in an era now where it no longer matters if you're right or you're wrong. It just doesn't. Or like the first information NFL game, game, uh, you know, story breaker was the late Will McDonough with the Boston Globe at NBC. His son Sean McDonough, one of the oh, okay. one of the better broadcasters, and his other son, I actually forget his. Um, uh, I do apologize. Forget his first name was a was. Worked here for a number of years in the Jaguars' uh, front office as a uh, scout. He, he may have made it as high as, as a pro player personnel director or some things along those lines. I think he went off to the Valley in the Sun. Terry. Uh, yeah, Terry. Would you say what he's doing now? Terry uh, McDonough? Yeah, plays for or works for the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, okay. So, so, so he's still out there, so. Yeah, well, that's what it's at. But, I mean, like, remember when Jim Woodcock had to release a statement three years ago about Doug Marone not being fired because of uh, Diana Rossini. Yeah, yeah exactly. she came out and said he's getting fired. <laughs> and, you know, listen, we're all wrong. But they're tabbing her as an information breaker. She's dead wrong. And then she's on, like, their NFL show laughing about like later that day. Well, yeah, laughing about it, not apologizing, but laughing about it, and then we find out that she gets like a promotion. Okay? So, I mean, getting it wrong. Are you saying people in the media are not held accountable? It's exactly How what I'm saying. Are you? They are brave soldiers. Exactly. Um, my I also love that like everything you see reported free agency-wise, number-wise is so fake. Like, that first number you see in the NFL specifically is so fake compared to what it actually is. You know, you'll see, like, no, Jawan Taylor's not going to make $80 million. You know, like, none of these guys are actually going to ever make, you know, Chris Manners is not going to make $6 million. That's never happening. But, of course, that's the number they always report. I -hmm. guess that's for, like, the agent. I don't even know why they do that, but it seems like a complete waste of time. I remember it was um, it was like May uh, May of 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 ninety nine, and I was on the ball and I was I I did the Tony Baselli show. It was a one hour a week show, and I did it with Tony in ninety seven, ninety eight, and ninety nine, and. I don't even know if we had text. So he was in, like grooming himself to be a broadcaster even yeah. way back then. Oh yeah, he had okay. a one out. He absolutely yeah and. And it was like during a commercial break, and he he calls me on a cell uh, on my cell phone, and he says it's happened. I've signed a four year extension, and he gave me the terms of the deal, and I came right out of the break and and mentioned it, and we had it first, and I think my producer at the time like tried to send it out to like the major networks and and this and that. Sure enough, like <laughs> forty five minutes later, it popped up on the crawl. ESPN's Chris Mortensen, you know, reporting Tony Baselli. Is that, so, yeah, they've they've never done it the right way. Um, but they you know, do a better job of giving credit nowadays because, like, with Twitter, 
Like, if you would have done that on your show now, I would instantly put it online. Yeah. And, like, they would sort of be, like, when. Well, Tony doesn't talk to me now. So. <laughs> uh, like, when the Ridley story broke. Yeah. They reported that 1010XL reported it. I mean, they said 1010LX. Okay. They Good. did it wrong and correctly, but they were the the thought was in the right place. I'm just kidding about Pacelli. Pacelli is always good. Of course. There's no doubt about that. Also, what is good is our number two of Into the Night. It's coming up right now. Let's go Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, I'm still trying to allow it to register today, and it's maybe it'll change when I get home and I have a couple of cocktails. But the fact that the Jaguars got more in return for C.J. Henderson than the Rams did for Jalen Ramsey is uh, is just shocking. I mean, the Rams basically said, listen, take them. Come get them. We won the Super Bowl that was our plan, and you can have them. They wouldn't be able to re-sign them. Hunter Long, guy's been injured for two years, and the 77th pick in the draft, that's all they could get for Jalen Ramsey? It's amazing to me. Nobody wanted to spend money. I mean, that's why. I mean, Obviously, you have C.J. Henderson for like five five years. You know, you have... Jalen for one, and then he's going to want an extension. So, not shocking. You know what this all means? Jalen Ramsey's going to go to the Hall of Fame as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> well, especially after they he signs with the Jags next season. Comes right. back, wins multiple Super Bowls. He was in Jacksonville for, what, three and a half years. He was in L.A., <laughs> For, uh, what, 20, 21? Two and a half? Three and a half years. Three and a half both times. So that's the going right on him. He's turning into a unique Ngakwe. Before you know, he's going to play for every team in the NFL. So he's going to go to Miami, and I'm sure Miami's going to try to do whatever they can to get a long-term contract extension done for Jalen Ramsey. He's only 28. He won't be 29 until October. Wow. But younger than I thought. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he played as a true freshman, played three years at Florida State. Now, he was out of there by the time he was 20. But, you know, fifth pick in the draft. And six years later, or I guess, is it six? I guess it's seven years later. He, it, the 77th pick is all you can get for Jalen Rams. And I understand he didn't have his greatest year. I got you there. He was down a little bit this season but still a very good football player. All right, let's get to some of your input here on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Anything you've heard today, particularly the Juwan Taylor story, 641-1010. For me, I couldn't be any happier. First of all, Juwan Taylor is a very nice young man. I I only have really good things to say about him. I, I thought he was a consummate professional in the year that I really you know, got to meet him, uh, unfortunately, because of what COVID did. It took us out of the locker room, and you had all of those standard, you know, talking to the media at at the podium where, um, 
it kind of changed the game a little bit, but we are back to the way it always was where you are allowed to go into the locker room a few times during the week and, and, and certainly discuss uh, what happened with them after the game. In, in my opinion, he's not nearly worth $20 million a year. $60 million guaranteed on an $80 million deal. He will replace Orlando Brown now and go to the left tackle position. He's going to be asked to protect the best player in the National Football League in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, guys love playing in Kansas City. They love playing for Andy Reid. The absolutely, I, I want to say Andy Heck is still there. Is he the offensive line coach? I, I, I want to, you know, former Jaguar coach here. I want to say that he runs that offensive line in Kansas City. Uh, but for Jawan Taylor, he got paid. He gets $60 million guaranteed. So good for him. All right? And now he's got a chance uh, to, to make a run at a ring. As far as I'm concerned, and with the draft 45 days away, this is all I'm going to hammer now for the rest of these days. You have to get another offensive lineman. I expect Cam Robinson to be healthy and ready to go. Walker Little with 20 career snaps at right tackle is today penciled in as your starter there. But here's what really matters. Walker Little will be in his third year, right, of a four-year contract. Cam Robinson signed a three-year extension. You can, you can absolutely get out of his contract a year early if he does not perform the way that he is expected to. And I will tell you this, for the last couple of months, I have not done a show here where I have not received a question or a statement or an opinion from you that said, move Cam Robinson, re-sign Juwan Taylor. And I, I kept on, the, the whole deal here with the Aaron Rodgers thing is, is how they're going to be able to afford this. You know, how, how both teams are going to be able to afford it. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But for the Jaguars, you can't. You could not move Cam Robinson right now because of the cap number that he has during the 2023 season in Jacksonville. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you look at the dead money, let's just say you wanted to cut Cam Robinson. It's $26 million, okay? So, no, you get him healthy and you play him. Now, if he has a bad year or he gets injured again this year, you can cut bait with him next year, and instead of it being $26 million, the dead cap money is only $5 million, and you are able to bring back $17 million $750,000, which is going to be very important when you're looking at all of a sudden re-signing Trevor Lawrence, re-signing Tyson Campbell. What are they going to do with Josh Allen? So you got all these things that you're going to have to figure out. I would not be surprised at all unless Cam Robinson has a really good year if he is let go a year from now. I, I just think that that is a real possibility. So where does that leave the Jags? All of a sudden, you've got to go out and get who is the best available offensive lineman still on the board at number 24. You know, we've talked about the kid out of Tennessee and Darnell Wright. We've talked about the uh, the youngster out of Ohio State, Dewan Jones. We've talked about Oklahoma's Anton Harrison. Um, 
you know, Cyrus Torrance we've talked about as well. He's a guard, okay, not a tackle. If they went guard, I wouldn't be thrilled, but it's better than going out and getting another edge guy. <laughs> you know, it seems like Jacksonville does that every year. It doesn't matter who the general manager is. They draft high along the defensive line. So let's get some stuff from you on it. 641-1010. If you'd like to uh, to join us, 9207. Joe was on his third team in his young career. In my opinion, it does not look good. Yeah, uh, but that's that's kind of today. It really is. No matter what the sport is. I mean, guys just go from team to team to team. It's their business. It's their livelihood. The most important thing for them is to get paid in a very short period of time that they do have to get paid. 80-19 blue, uh, Kyle Pitts, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, rookie offensive tackle in the first or second round, assuming we lose one, if not both for Pitts. Thoughts on that being even a possibility. Uh, Pitts is in what? Third year of a rookie deal? I know Atlanta re-upped. Uh, who did Atlanta get today at tight end? They brought in. Uh, Smith. Yeah, they, the New England traded Janu Smith. Yeah, thank you. So I knew they got another tight end today. Boy, I don't know. Janu Smith I, is, is a. He's not going to. Is a Bostonian. They're not bringing him in to replace Kyle Pitts. As a Bostonian, let me tell you, the, the Janu Smith signing was one of the worst of the Bill Belichick era. Didn't work out. He did nothing in New England. Absolutely nothing. So, I mean, you you bring it up a couple of former Gators. Um, you know, I've heard a little bit of activity with Gardner Johnson, a, a guy that is obviously a physical guy. He also brings an attitude uh, to the defense. Uh, but he's been, you know, he's gone from team to team over the last couple of years. Uh, we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens there. Uh, 1458, why doesn't Paselli talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that that was, I knew people would take that serious. I was just kidding, man. Tony and I, um, there's not even close to being an issue with us. I've uh, known each other since 19, what, 95, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, thank you. 95.60 reminds us that Trevor had uh, labrum surgery. Couldn't throw at the combine. I, so it was... Um, his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, remember that when then all of a sudden there was rookie minicamp and they didn't want Trevor to do anything. They, they didn't even, you know, they didn't want like him taking snaps. Off. They didn't want him handing the football off. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, Urban Myers messed this up. He's got Travis Etienne working at wide receiver. They have no idea what they're doing. Maybe they were right. He had no idea what he was doing. But there was an excuse for that. With Travis Etienne, uh, nonetheless, uh, looking back on it now, it, it is very interesting. All right, let's take another break. Why don't we do that? Get caught up here. Six four one ten ten. All NFL. How about the golf this weekend? How did we turn out with that, JJ? Do, do we remember? I think someone picked the guy who ended up destroying everyone, oh. and someone picked a guy who. His tummy hurt, and he couldn't play past the first day. I don't recall who picked who, though. Rick Ballou picked Scotty. Oh, oh my goodness. Geez. Yeah, Johnny Rom. I don't know what he ate, but it didn't, it, didn't, <laughs> uh, it didn't go well with his stomach. Great week out at the players. It was good to see a lot of you folks that I haven't seen in quite some time, and 
Unfortunately, we did have rain on Friday, and I think that's expected every year at the Players, but the weekend, you couldn't have asked for better weather. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So that. many 1010 fans out there. Yeah, really are. So many. Mm-hmm. I, you know, just wearing my little polo, you realize that quickly. I noticed this year more 92.5 FM fans. Oh, <laughs> very specific, yes. Because I'm like old school 1010. I kind of like the old hissing and sound of, of AM <laughs> radio. You know what I mean? Now everybody listens on the apps anyway. Yeah, everyone's on the apps. No doubt about that. All right, we got much more to come with you tonight till late. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeehaw! Darius? That's Hootie. Hootie! He was a fixture in the Jags locker room as well in the mid to late 90s. Was he? Yes. Who was he friends with? He was friends with the Stars, Burnell and them. Baselli. Remember correctly? He loves football. He reinvented himself. He was like pop then, but now he's country. Hootie and the Blowfish. And now he will be here. Uh-oh. In Jacksonville, July 20th. I know it's far away, folks. But we have a pair of tickets to see Darius, a.k.a. Hootie Rucker, July 20th at Daly's Place. That's good news right there. Darius Rucker, live country. Uh, let's see if we can find a little something here. Let's see. Uh, all right. Here's what we'll go with. We'll take caller number one. At what university did he form Hootie and the Blowfish? I'll give you a hint. They got a wicked good. Women's college basketball team. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of their wicked good football players end up transferring to Florida State. <laughs> we'll take caller number one. We'll bring it straight on the air. Just go ahead and give them to me there, JJ. Uh, who am I talking with? You are first up. I don't know if it's me. I can hear the radio. Yep, it is you. What, what, uh, what school do you got for us? What college did he form Hootie and the Blowfish? He obviously was startled. He tried to cheat oh, he a little bit scared. early. <laughs> hey, you folks, gotta, you got to do me a favor if you want to play the game. you got to turn down the radio and just listen on the phone. Okay. Next up, who's this, please? This is Steve. Steve, what do you got for us? South Carolina you Gamecocks. You got it. Nice. Gamecocks, Gamecocks. You got it. You can be able to go to the show. Yeah, baby. All right, hang on the line. News gets even better for you because you get to have a conversation with J.J. LaSalva. Thank you. All right. All right, right, gentlemen, thank you. There he goes. Didn't take long. University of South Carolina, Darius Carlos Rucker. Singer, guitarist, songwriter. So enjoy that show coming up on July 20th. Uh, 9247 Baloo, uh, any sense Calais again for this year? Yeah, a ton of sense for a number of reasons. But what's he going to give you at this point in his career? 
How many snaps a game are you going to get out of Calais Campbell? And, you know, what's the going rate? If the going rate's seven, eight, nine million dollars, I, I don't think they can afford that. Um, if you can if you're able to pay half that, I mean they paid Arden Key four million a year ago. If you can get away with with paying Calais Campbell four million for twenty five snaps a game, then yeah, I I I do like that. But I have no I mean, he's such a popular guy. There's probably only a handful of players in the NFL where, you know, the general manager is going to sit there with the head coach and say, well, bringing him in adds so much of a a presence as far as leadership and what have you with this football team. And he commands that. I mean, everyone loves Calais Campbell. He's not the player he once was. It's, it's not Saxonville. It's not going to be. So, to answer your question, I don't think it's something that you get done this week. It it would be too expensive to get it done this week. I I think you got to wait for things to settle down just a little bit. How much activity is there really going to be for Calais Campbell? I have to believe this. At his age, you can probably take half the teams and throw them out. Because I'm sure I, I have to believe. That at this point, it's not about getting six million one place and getting seven million another, and and that comes to the play for so many players, but not for him at this point in his career. I would have to believe he's going to go where he believes he's got a chance at a ring. Now, now listen, I don't, I don't know him to the extent where I can just say that in a very confident way. This is my guess that at this point, it's about. The ring, right? It's about the Super Bowl ring. Um, and there's a handful of teams that you can look at. I, I think all of the major players would come into play here depending on the amount of money that it's going to cost. I mean, him going to Philadelphia, him going to Buffalo, him going to Kansas City, they just lost Frank Clark. Him coming here, him... Uh, you know, someplace out. Imagine him being part of that San Francisco defense. Just makes you wonder. So we'll see. I'd love it here. Absolutely. I would love it here. I don't think there's anyone not listening here who who wouldn't love him. But, again, you can't expect him to be the same player he was. Um, and look at all the great players that were around him. Seventy-two, ninety-three. Boo! I never understood the love for Bryce Young. I don't think he'll be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I really want to see him in the AFC South. I do. I hope two of the two of these three quarterbacks go in the AFC South. We know that one is going to go to the NFC South of Carolina, unless for some reason they end up making a trade, which would be a little bit of a surprise considering everything that they they just gave up. Uh, 12.35, Blue, bring Calais back. Remember how well Josh Allen played next to him. Yeah, but look at that defensive line, man. You you had Calais on one side, and you had Unique on the other, and then when they went into their nickel coverage, you, you slid inside Calais, you know, with a Marcel Darius. And look at what that team had with Telvin and Miles Jack and Jalen and Boye and 
and Colvin and Tashawn Gibson and uh, Barry. Ch- I mean, you had a lot of really good football players. See, my my whole reasoning on offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And again, I'm going to be redundant on this, but the only reason why I say it is because it makes perfect sense to me. The best thing you can hope for this year with the Jaguars on defense is improvement by their young players. That that is far and away the most important thing. And I'm with you. They need a body on the defensive line. They absolutely need another corner. Okay, it looks like Trey Herndon is out. They're going to need a nickel. Okay, Shaq Griffin's gone. Uh, But to me, it's about how much better does Trayvon Walker get in year two? How much better does Devin Lloyd get in year two? He's going to be 25 years of age. We're talking about Jalen. Jalen's 28. Devin Lloyd's getting ready for his second year. He's 25. Okay, things should be coming to him a little bit quicker than a 20 or 21-year-old rookie. Chad Muma as well. Will those three develop? Will they become much better in year one compared to year two, like Tyson Campbell did? Okay? And the, I'm, I'm even going to put Andre Sisco on there because it was almost like last year was a rookie year for Andre Sisco. He didn't get nearly enough snaps in the Urban Meyer regime. And there were times last year that Andre Sisco made some Stellar plays. There were also times last year where Andre Sisco could have been a better football player. So I'm I'm hoping that that comes into it as well. 9201 Baloo, uh, we called it you and I. Bye-bye, Juwan Taylor. I met him. I was not impressed at all. This comes from a father whose son was a very good offensive line center in college. Not impressed uh, with the contract gear players make me puke. All right. Um, Juwan Taylor, the human being, I do like. I like him in my opportunities of meeting him. I, I have the utmost respect for him. As a football player, well, we'll see. Okay? I I like the move. I've said all along, mm-mm. I just wasn't going to give him the money. And I can't overlook that he was one of the worst run-blocking tackles, according to pro, uh, pro Football Focus, even this past year, where he improved you know, dramatically as a pass blocker. He only allowed 11 hurries and five sacks in 2022. His first three years, he allowed 97 hurries. He allowed 40 sacks, which was number one in the NFL. And I may be dead wrong. Only time will tell. I mean, Kansas City is going to be right there as what? The odds-on favorite to win another Super Bowl. If you look at the preseason odds right now, and I haven't in a little bit, I got to imagine it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo, and it's Philadelphia. And Jacksonville is way up compared to the last couple of years, which is great news uh, for all of you Jaguar fans. But what if the light goes on for Juwan Taylor? And all of a sudden he plays left tackle and he's protecting Patrick Mahomes, I don't see it. I don't think it's going to work. And I, you, you got to live with your decisions. We, we've seen some bad decisions that Jacksonville has made in the last couple of years that where guys are getting paid. Josh Oliver gets $21 million over three years. Guy couldn't get on the field here. Quincy Williams cut. 
Gets $18 million over three years? I was really down on that one. I, I probably should have had the Quincy Williams fan club here in Jacksonville. We'll see what happens with Juwan Taylor. You haven't given us, given us your opinion yet on Taylor. I, I knew he was going to leave. I mean, when they franchise tagged uh, Ingram, you knew what time it was. I was shocked about the news about moving him to right or left tackle. That really surprised me, but I... I won't question anything the Chiefs do. Uh, I think that would be stupid. Um, I don't think he's going to make the full 80, so he'll probably be there for a couple years, get $60 million, and they'll get rid of him and bring somebody else in. I I think the Jags, like you said, now have to draft an O-lineman high, uh, second-round minimum. But, yeah, I didn't think he'd be coming back. The Jags were not going to pay that much money. They couldn't pay that much money for him. I'm actually looking at the Super Bowl odds right now. You'd be kind of surprised about how far back the Jags are. I mean, like this. Aaron Seventh or eighth team? Eighth. Okay. 28 to 1. So I guess you're not surprised by it. But um, but they were like 150 to no, 1 a year actually, ago. No, actually, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're the 12th favorite team. Really? Yeah. They're That's not tied the with same anyone? odds. Yeah, tied with the Lions. Ooh. But then the Dolphins have better odds than the Ravens. Chargers, Cowboys, the Jets are only 14-1 to 1 odds when they haven't even officially had the quarterback yet. Well, that means it's official. Well, yeah, they try and either that or a lot, of, a lot of money came in on Aaron Rodgers in New York, so they you know, lowered the odds. Yeah, there. they're trying to not hurt themselves. 14-1, to 1, you can get them right now. Andy Hecht's considered one of the better offensive line coaches uh, in the NFL. He was here forever. He was here from 2004 through 2012 and went to Kansas City in 2013. He has been there ever since in Kansas City. So I have to believe that he was involved in this conversation as well because that my understanding with Juwan Taylor is he never played left tackle at Florida. I know he never played left oh, tackle he here. He did at Florida. I thought he was a right tackle at Florida. Jawan played some left tackle at Florida. I saw that a lot today. Okay. Any idea how much? Because I've got two or three things here. And I I should remember this when it came to... um, only Okay, so 134 snaps. At left tackle? Yeah. Okay. His second year, they all came his second year. All right. So after that, he didn't play at all. So So here's a guy with 134 snaps in college at left tackle. Um, it's very, it's, it's eerie, but it's very similar to what we're talking about now with Walker Little with this team. Guy has 20 career snaps at right tackle. So we're just, we're just talking about plugging in Little on the right side. However, he's practiced there and he's played in preseason games there. And, you know, we talked to Phil Rauscher, uh, about him a year ago. So, it's not totally new to him, but as far as games that Walker Little has played, whether it was two years ago or this past year, it has been at the left tackle position, okay? Now, all of a sudden, you're going to take Juwan Taylor, pay him $20 million, and ask him to go from the left side to the right side. Mm. On the most important team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I absolutely think it's the right move uh, to allow him 
to move on. And, you know, I see a lot of you out here, this and that, saying, no, 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 I should have kept them, should have done this, should have done that. Uh, but, hey, listen, that's what it's all about, okay? Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, 33-71, hey, Rick, with Taylor gone, do we have our offensive tackle and the team already? Do you think we are looking towards a draft? Yeah, it's – it's um. It, hopefully, yes. I mean, hopefully right now, Cam Robinson's your left tackle and Walker Little is your right tackle. It's year three of Walker Little. I want him to be the right tackle. But I also want to draft one because for reasons that I gave you earlier, including the contract with Cam Robinson, right now I think there's a real good chance that Cam's gone in a year unless he is a Pro Bowl-type player to be able to recoup nearly $18 million and only get hit with a $5 million dead cap figure, I think that's a real possibility. Now, if he plays well, then, you know, the going rate for a starting left tackle is $20 million or north of $20 million. So they'll keep him around for that final year. You know, I'm, I'm sure Doug Peterson wants him. I'm sure Rauscher wants him. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence wants him. Uh, but, you know, it's about trying to figure out how to do things financially if, in fact, you're able to pull this off successfully. All right, let's do this. Take our final break of the night. Get you ready for Hacker. He'll join you at 8, getting a ton in on the text line. That's 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, uh, you can get me on Twitter, Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U-1010-XL. <laughs> Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Chris, Ma- uh, Chris Manhurt's gone. Denver, two years, $6 million. Juwan Taylor gone. Four years, $80 million. Kansas City. $60 million of which is guaranteed. Uh, you know, as far as free agents that you had to have back. I think Evan Ingram would have been number one on that list, right? I don't think there's any argument about that. Uh, but if I I look at it now, Dan Arnold's available. I, Dan Arnold to me is a good football player. They they just they didn't use him. He was clearly behind Evan Ingram. Yeah, that costly fumble two years ago. But you know, to, to me, he'll go down as one of those guys that that um, could have been a little bit more than serviceable. We interested to see what the market is for Dan Arnold. Adam Gotsis, just a guy inside, outside, did some pretty good things for a very low amount of cash. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get him back days down the road. Test the market first. Trey Herndon, my understanding, he's gone. Marvin Jones, he's gone. Arden Key's the big one. Interest there now, $4 million a year ago. What's it going to cost to bring back Arden Key? Honestly, do you pay Arden Key $8 million a year for the amount of snaps he gives you? I know we've had that conversation with Calais Campbell. Arden Key, much like Evan Ingram, and Juwan Taylor made it known that they wanted to be here. That That's encouraging, and I know that that can be said, and it's not always meant, but it felt genuine. Chris Manhurst, we said, gone. Corey Peters talked that he's going to retire. 
Andrew Wingard. My gosh, has there been a player in Jacksonville recently who went from the bottom of the barrel to all of a sudden a fan favorite, particularly after that forced fumble? But there's a lot of fans now for Andrew Wingard. All it takes is one team to give him a little something. And what's Wingard really going to make? A million bucks. Yeah, I was thinking maybe you could get two million somewhere, maybe a million and a half. You know, I, I, I think this organization is better off moving along without him. If he's going to cost you that amount, I, I just think you can find guys like that. I think you can find guys like that off the street. I think you can find un, undrafted free agents, rookie free agents. I mean, that's to me, is going to be very interesting. I began the show with that tonight. Shaq Quarterman, Daniel Thomas, Chris Claybrooks. You cut those three players. All right, you're going to eat $200,000 worth of dead cap money, but you're bringing in $3 million that you could put together to get Arden Key or to make a run at a Calais Campbell or whatever type of move that they have out there. Uh, Restricted free agents, Devon Campbell. And exclusive rights free agent. What are they going to do with Riley Patterson here now? Okay. Tim Jones is restricted. Blake Hance is restricted. Cole Van Lannon is restricted. So. Am I the only one that I would be fine if Riley Patterson left? I mean, he was clutch and made what he had to make last year, but it always felt like he was a crutch. You know, like he wouldn't be able to make it between 45 and up. Mm. You know, and and in the NFL, to me, you got to have a guy nowadays that can make like the 52-yarders easily. Like they all all the even average kickers pretty much drill 50-yarders, and and it felt like this guy, that was a little too much for him. I think it's safe to say that during the Trent Bulky regime, kickers are not really valued. I mean, they cut Matthew Wright. They went through six kickers in the preseason. And now he's restricted. So uh, I don't think that they're going to overpay to keep him. I, I, I think that, you know, I mean, believe it or not, would you be shocked if that's where Jacksonville goes very late in the draft? Whoa, I would be. You know, a seventh-round draft pick. They have three of them. Do you, get uh-huh. your, do you get your future kicker there? Rookie kicker. Put him under a rookie deal. Didn't realize they had three seventh-round picks. Mm-hmm. Gold. Yep. So that could be where they end up going. He's not, uh, excuse me, he's not restricted. He, he's exclusive rights. All right, let's grab a couple of these before we wrap things up. 5134, Boy, I love Calais and the whole locker room leadership. Stuff is bullcrap. He was in the locker room during some of the crazy years for the Jaguars with Ramsey, Fowler, and Unique. You know, it's an outstanding point that you make, and I've talked about it many times over the years. He was very grandfatherly, and some of the younger dogs kind of laughed at him, including Jalen and Telvin. And uh, I always who was the kid uh, that they got out of uh, out of Bama? The safety, who they traded to the Browns. Harrison? Yep, Rodney Harrison. Was that it? Or or, uh, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison. Right, he was one of them. That's fair. 
okay? Um, I mean, there were so many type A's, okay? When Puzlozny was here, he was a leader by example on the field. And when he left, I thought it had a major effect on, on Telvin Smith, who obviously went completely crazy. Uh, Calais Campbell had that effect. You know, Big Service will tell you about it. He, he and I were out one night in Baltimore after training camp. And Cersei uh, and I were there, and, and Calais walked in with the rookie, Josh Allen. And, you know, just kind of looking out of my right eye, it was one of those dinner conversations where Calais Campbell talked the whole time, and the rookie, Josh Allen, just sat back and listened. And so it's things like that that, that are incredibly important, all right? Uh, but you're right to some others. It's kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, he's in his mid to late thirties now, or in the heck he was when he was here. And, and, um, you know, he's not one of the younger dogs. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fine point. It really is. But that defense man was loaded with type a personalities and loaded with questionable character guys. Okay? I mean, that's what you got. I also think this team is more younger and more impressionable than that one, I think. I I have no idea. I'm sort of talking out of my butt, but it just seems like that. It seems like they're a lot more humble and willing to listen and learn than maybe Jalen Ramsey and company. Yeah, as I said, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's showing no respect to Perry Fuel. Never. To Perry Fuel was... And as a sideline reporter during those years, I remember listening to what Yannick Ngakwe would say to defensive line coach Elijah Hood. And, and I know this stuff happens all the time, but I think it's a good point. And I'm, I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way because Gus Bradley is one of the greatest human beings you'll ever meet. And, and for the record, I really like Doug Marone. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach. But – I'll also tell you that I believe Doug Peterson has much more respect as a head coach with this current team than those two head coaches had when they were here. And that's obvious because when you lose, things get ripped apart. And the best story, arguably, of the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars is that during a five-game losing streak, Somehow they held that together. I don't, certainly Urban Meyer wouldn't have been able to hold it together, and I don't think Doug Marone or Gus Bradley would have been able, or Mike Malarkey would have been able to hold that uh, together. And Doug Peterson did, so that's a credit to him and this staff. That's it. Got a Mike Malarkey reference in there right under the gun. That right is it. End. Big fan. Big fan of Mike Malarkey. How can you say that, Bull? You're, you're an old and he's a getter. I don't care. Always like Mike Malarkey. That's it. I like you, too, out there, the listener. All right, that uh, I will not be checking the text line now if the show is over. If you want to get a hold of me, please do so on my Twitter. That is Baloo1010XL. What a great week it's going to be. March Madness coming up in a couple of days. Right now, though, it's all free agency talk. I'll get with you tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels. For JJ, my name's Rick Baloo. 